Hello and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. I am your host, Sarah Berton, a chronically ill business mentor for business owners with chronic illnesses. I balance running multiple businesses, living with several chronic illnesses and raising my family. In this podcast, I tackle the complexities, everyday challenges and solutions of working with a chronic illness. I hope you enjoy. I'm really excited today to be joined by Vicky, who is a personal trainer who has, due to her own experience, had experience of working with people with chronic illnesses. Thank you so much for joining me today, Vicky. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Thank I'm you. I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? Yeah, I'm good today, thank you. I'm really good. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it'll be great to hear your experiences of working as a personal trainer whilst having your own chronic illnesses and then helping other people with chronic illnesses. Could you give me a bit of a background about your career, please? Yes. So my career um, as a PT started a few years ago. I actually started exercising approximately 14 years ago when my children were young. I did it a lot because I had postnatal depression, um, stress and anxiety, and I needed to get out the house. Um, over the years, I've done lots of training. I really loved running. I loved being in the gym. I've done a lot of boot camps. And then about four years ago, my marriage ended and I was really stressed. And so I joined the gym as a way to get rid of stress. And I had amazing results. I felt really good. Um, I actually put weight on, which is what I needed to do on my own journey. And I decided to become a personal trainer. So I trained for six months with a local company and it was amazing. We did about 20, 21 days actually hands on and we did lots of um, in-classroom learning as well. Um, And so as a personal trainer, I'm working with clients who are really starting from the beginning of the journey. So it might be that they've never exercised or it might be that they... um, have not exercised for a really long period of time. I'm working outdoors with people as well. I just feel working outdoors in nature gives us the freedom and it takes away the anxiety and the nervousness and people feeling overwhelmed if they're walking into a gym. Oh, absolutely. I think it can often be a, a, a stopping point, can't it? It's very daunting to walk into a gym, whereas if you're walking into a park, it's a very different atmosphere. Absolutely, absolutely. And part of my journey as a personal trainer, I'm actually training to be a mental health and exercise coach. So we're be, I'm, there's 107 of us in the UK, it's a new accreditation. So I'm a trainee coach. And then in the middle of August, I'm going away to do my coaching qualification. And the two, the personal training and the mental health and exercise coach um coach coach qualification will really work well together and that is because I am working with people as well with chronic illness as well as not people with chronic illness mental health is so important like we were just saying you know the the worry of going into a gym whether you've got anxiety you've got um depression you might be really nervous people don't want to walk into a gym if they don't know anybody. And understanding the mental health issues, mental health problems, and working with somebody 
on that journey is really, really important as well. Absolutely. And you've um, suffered your own chronic illness, haven't you, recently? Um, and how, how, how has that affected your, your career? Okay, so I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia last year, actually, as we went into lockdown. Um, and it put a stop on everything. This time last year, I was on my hands and knees. I was um, lonely leaving the house once a week. I know we were in a pandemic and lockdown, but it, I was literally on the settee or in bed, couldn't speak, just really struggling. And I just, I, I couldn't, I didn't have my PT career then, but what I had in the back of my mind the whole time that I was really ill was, I will get back to exercise because I recognize for myself how good it is and how important it is for my mental health. Um, and so my mantra for the whole time that I was really ill last year was I'm happy, I'm strong and I'm healthy. And that is just what I kept saying every day throughout the day. And I truly believe having that positive mindset is what helped me get better. Um, so now I am feeling a lot better. I am able to bring movement and exercise back into my life, um, which is really exciting. I can imagine, especially being a personal trainer, not yeah. being able to exercise must have been horrendous. It was really, really difficult. <clears throat> I went from being in the gym four or five times a week, lifting weights, running to absolutely nothing. But what it taught me, um, the chronic fatigue, and I know that my chronic fatigue um, wasn't post-viral, it was through stress and trauma over the years, and I just burnt out. But what, I, what the period of time that I was ill, what it allowed me to do was reevaluate my life. It allowed me to reevaluate recovery in two ways from exercise and also with chronic fatigue. And it's allowed me to say, um, I'm going to eat properly because even though I am a personal trainer, there was times that I didn't put recovery first. I would run around doing everything and having chronic fatigue now, um, I actually will say I have to eat three meals a day. My nutrition is important. My hydration is, my sleep is important. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting journey and it allows me to teach my clients, I, from experience, how you don't do it and how you do do it. And that's working really well. Well, fantastic. And what are the issues around conditions such as chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia and doing exercise? Okay, so chronic fatigue syndrome, from my own personal experience, when I'm chronically fatigued, there's absolutely no way I'm going to do any um, exercise because you've got to heal, you've got to recover. From my, and I will just keep repeating this expression from my own experience. In the research that I've done over the last year, I recognise that my nervous system was absolutely rattled. And that is part of my journey, is recognizing that I keep my nervous system at a grounded state. So when I do move now, I'm ensure that my heart rate doesn't go above 100 beats per minute. 
So for someone who's got chronic fatigue and they're in what they call a relapse or a setback or a crash, I wouldn't exercise in that moment because it, I've, got, I've got to recover. When you're in a period of not exercise, uh, sorry, not in a crash and you're feeling relatively good, there's no reason why you don't do light exercise um, or movement. And I think movement is a much more positive word to use than exercise. Exercise, I think people think of going to run a half marathon, do a hit session, jump on a spin bike, where movement actually is about moving our body, making sure that our joints are being kept supple and our, muscle, and our muscles, we aren't losing tone all the time. So it might be that you do five or 10 minutes stretch. You might do five or 10 minutes yoga. You might be able to walk around the block, but it really is about listening to your body. And I think I made that mistake last year. One day when I thought I was fine, I went and did a spin class. Um, and that obviously made me really ill. And I will just quickly mention, um, I had to write it down, post-exertional malaise, PEM. Yes. That is when you have exercised and you have basically pushed your body into a state of stress. Oh. And it means that you get back all your chronic fatigue symptoms. So brain fog, swollen gland, sore throat, your chronic fatigue, that might not come for 12 to 72 hours after your exercise and it can stay from days to weeks to months so from my experience it's really important to listen to your body when you're when you've got chronic fatigue that's something that I've definitely struggled with is when I do in the past when I have done exercise I'm fine doing the exercise and it's afterwards that I really struggle it's the, the day after or the two days afterwards that I start to get symptoms again so is it around keeping your heartbeat low? Is that what you need to try and... That's, what, that's my experience. That's yeah. what I do because I recognised I'm putting my body into a state of stress and that's what I don't... That's what made me ill. Yes. So that's what I don't want to do again. I want to keep my body well. And do you do that by wearing a watch? Which... I do wear a watch um, and I do check it. And this week, actually, I took my heart rate up to 120 I was just on a treadmill walking. I know, and I did a 30 second run and then I stopped, saw it was 120 and then I just slowed right down really, really gentle walk and stayed at that pace for five or 10 minutes before I did anything else. Okay. <clears throat> just going on to fibromyalgia with exercise. Fibromyalgia is lots of body aches and pains. And actually it's said, it's good to exercise with fibromyalgia because you want to keep the body moving. And again, from my experience, it's about listening to your body. You know, I wouldn't jump in a swimming pool and thrash up and down and do 40 lengths. Um, I think I'd feel it the next day. Um, but it's good for your sleep as well. I know with chronic fatigue, it might be with your exercise, you knock your sleep out because even though we're chronically fatigued, we can't sleep sometimes. But with fibromyalgia, with exercise, actually, it's helping you use up some energy and it should allow you to have a good night's sleep. So, again, it's about listening to your body. And I have um, POTS syndrome. Um, so doing some exercise where you're involved in standing up could actually raise my heart rate to too high a level, which could then have an impact going forward. So I yeah. guess with something like that, then maybe doing exercises, sitting down would be a yeah. benefit. 
Yes, absolutely. Sitting down, lying down, you know, it is purely about, and, just, and you know, we are, we have such busy lives and we're rushing around and it's not till we get ill that we say what's happening. And, and it is, like you say, it's about listening to your body. If you suddenly stand up and get dizzy, then we need to think, let's stand up slowly. Or I'm, I offer a free Zoom um, mat class for some of my ladies and we do it laying down. We don't ever stand up because the other thing is I don't want somebody to stand up and fall over. Absolutely. <laughs> so it is, let's lie down. You know, you can raise your heartbeat by lying down with movement, which is brilliant. We want to keep our heart strong. Yeah. That's what's going to keep us going. Yeah, definitely. And I know with something like POT syndrome, it's really important to build up muscles, particularly in your legs, because that then helps the blood flow. So it is very important. It's just very tricky to understand which exercises to do. So I think taking a stance of listening to your body, seeing what your body needs and, um, working towards that it can really make a big difference absolutely absolutely well done Sarah <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> um what sort of exercises would you recommend for somebody with as you say with chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia is it really sort of muscle building or is it more um for your heart and I think from my own experience from being so healthy and then being so ill I noticed I lost my physical strength like I couldn't lift the weights that I was doing over a year ago, but I've also noticed my muscle tone has gone. So it's, it's about thinking to yourself, this is what I do is say to myself, what is more important? <clears throat> do I need to lift a heavy weight or do I need to build my strength back up? Because building my strength back up is your stamina, is helping with resilience and that is your muscles. So it is muscle tone and I think that's yeah that's really important to do that when you're when you're moving you're increasing your heart rate which is what's going to strengthen your heart anyway because we remember that our heart is is a muscle and that's what we want to keep strong yes so cardiovascular movement is perfect okay fantastic <laughs> and um is it possible to build up the amount of exercise you're doing? So I imagine a lot of people, when they first start exercising, um, it's very hard to, to actually do very much at all. You might be able to do five minutes and then that's it. Is there a progress that you can make? Yeah, I think from personal experience, when you feel well, you think, brilliant, I'm going to go and do a spin class like I did and make yourself ill. So you learn the hard way. Yeah. Or build up there was something called pacing and that was wiped out last year by the government with the nice guidelines and and I understand why because a lot of people you know even pacing and being told to do low-grade therapy actually was making them worse so it does go back to listening to your body and I know that when I started to move again and decided it's time. I was actually really scared because I didn't want to make myself ill. So what I started doing was literally just lying on the floor and moving my arms and legs really, really slowly, really simply. And over a period of time, I recognized, okay, that doesn't make me ill. So I'll continue with that for a little bit and then I'll add something else to it. So maybe four months ago I was lying on the floor I was moving my arms and legs really gently and now I'm probably doing half an hour gentle yoga 
at a time. I'm walking up to an hour at a time, not at a fast pace, really slowly. And I'm back in the gym and I am lifting the lightest of weights. But what I'm ensuring I'm doing the whole time through is listening to my body and feeling my, you know, it's my heart. If I feel that at any point I'm putting my body under stress, I stop. Okay. Because that is where you're, I, for me, that's where I'm going to get ill again. And that's what we don't want. So it is really gently, really progressive. And it's really important to understand if you regress back, that's really good. That means you've listened to your body and you should give yourself a clap on your on the back for that. It means you're adulting, which is great. Absolutely. <laughs> I think um, in the past, when you exercise, if you haven't got a chronic illness, you're actually encouraged to push yourself through that pain barrier. I think the difference is when you have got a chronic illness is you listen to you, you hit that pain barrier and you don't go any further and you step back. You've, you've gone too far. Absolutely. When I think of what I used to do, which would be a spin class and then I'd go and do a hit class or one after another and then a core class, I'd be exercising for two and a half hours at a time, pushing, oh. pushing, pushing part of my burnout journey yes. you know now there's no way I do that even if I felt 100% well I would do the spin class and stop okay and it is it is you know we are you're right Sarah we are encouraged to push ourselves and I watch people on Instagram social media pushing 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 and I actually worry for them yes. that they might get ill because I know what can happen so it is, listen to your body. That's my new mantra, listen to your body. <laughs> Absolutely, I fully agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> and if somebody with a chronic illness wants to start doing exercise, how do you go about finding the right personal trainer or the right exercise class? Because what you don't want to do is be, be pushed to, to do more yeah. than you, you're able to do. Have you any advice on how to go about that? Yeah, what I, what I would do is reach out to personal trainers, physiotherapists, um, all your healthcare professionals and ask people have they got experience of working with somebody with the condition that you have because there's nothing worse than going to somebody and they're saying oh yeah it's fine I can help you but actually they've got no idea of what your illness is and if you go into the class and you're still learning about your body and you'll push yourself you are going to get ill so I think reaching out asking people questions have you worked with this um, condition do you know what the condition is because somebody might say yes they do but actually they're not 100 yeah. percent ask people for referrals you know ask your friends who've got chronic conditions who have you worked with have they helped you and i think that's really important it's that communication and referral very much so because i think a lot of us with chronic illnesses we're worried about making our health worse yes yeah. at the same time if we're not doing the exercise um, or the movement, we can actually make conditions worse. I know with my Ehlers-Danlos, I do need to build up the muscles around my joints because otherwise they're going to get a lot weaker. So I do need to do exercise, but I've definitely got a block and a fear about making my ME and my POTS worse. So yeah. I think it's having that confidence in somebody else that they can help you without making your other conditions worse. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is what, that's exactly what you say, Sarah, it's fear. And that is that massive block there because we all want to be healthy. We all want to have longevity throughout our lives with, you know, good health. But when you've got fear, there is that block there. And 
being able to just verbalize to somebody, I'm actually really worried about exercising. I'm really scared about getting ill. That's a great starting block because you're admitting the truth. It's out in the open and you can start that journey of talking to people. And I imagine personal trainers and teachers of exercise classes would appreciate that. They, they, will, they will react positively to you saying that you've got a fear. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's part of being, you know, understanding mental health because fear can be part of a mental health because it can create anxiety and worry. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, I go into the gym and I talk to the personal trainers there and they all know that I'm back at, well, I'm back at the beginning in terms of physical strength, but not with the knowledge. And I taught them so much about my journey because one day they might have somebody else come in with similar and they can help them. So yeah, it's really good to talk about it. It's really important to talk about your illness, chronic illness, and not be afraid of it because it's, at the end of the day, it's you. Exactly. And if people can understand what you're going through, they can help you more. And then also by sharing your journey, it will help others as well. Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. I think we all need a teacher like you in our lives. Ah, thank you. <laughs> and I love the concept of movements rather than exercise, because yeah. you've been sitting at your desk, you can you can lift your shoulders up, stretch your neck, and all that really helps, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting you say that, because I'm at my desk now, and what I have next to me is my ball. Ah. <laughs> because when I'm not sat on my chair, I sit on my ball and I work, because I can move while I'm working because it's so easy. We sit, for example, like you were saying about your shoulders, we're sat at our desk with, a sh with our seat in the same position and our shoulders become tense, we become curved cur forward. And actually just talking about our glutes, if you're sat in a position for a long time, whether you're ill, not ill, everything just becomes, it becomes weaker and being able to move while you're working it becomes stronger and that's what we want we want to feel if you feel like you're moving your body you're creating an inner strength and it's positive yeah and it will help you feel better and so even if you're in bed a lot of the time or lying on a sofa you can still do some little exercises just stretching your legs and moving your joints then that will all help absolutely you know when you're really chronically fatigued it's so difficult because it's that mindset of thinking i've got to move and it's really, that is really difficult. But when you start to feel better, yes, of course, if, if you feel like you want to move, then move. It's, that's actually called functional movement. Okay. And functional movement will be, we do it every day without thinking, we bend down to pick something up. Um, we, we stretch up to open a cupboard. This is all our functional movement. And that's really important as well. And that's what I talk to people about is, be mindful and be aware of what you are doing because it's still functional movement and that's really positive. Okay, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Really interesting, Vicky. Thank you so much. Um, where can um, listeners find you if they want to get in contact? Um, so you can contact me on Instagram. I'm Vicky Webster Clamp PT. I'm on Facebook as Vicky Webster Clamp or I have a website page which is vickypersonaltrainer.co.uk. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Vicky. That's been really useful. Thank you for inviting me, Sarah. I've loved doing this. Brilliant. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a chronic illness and either run a business or want to, then come and join our free and friendly Facebook group, Entrepreneurs Against the Odds. To sign up to my newsletter or to learn more about how my business mentoring services can help you grow your business and make it work better with your health, check out my website at www.excelagainsttheodds.co.uk. Have a great week.